What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the lockup, bringing you inside the ring of combat sports. I am your host, Dylan Reynolds, and I'm joined today on this wonderful discussion by my co-host. He is the people's champ. You know him. You love him. Joshua Klein. How are we doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, excited to talk about, uh, you know, Showtime boxing and what that what that's going to mean for boxing and how misfits could save the sport. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yes. When you, you made fun of them. But guess what? They might be your savior. So we're going to get into that. And there's some little news bit at the end. And, yeah, you know, let's fire away. But first, let's get to the people. Absolutely. So starting out over on TikTok friend of the show ebe those judges were either blind or purist trying to preserve the sport of boxing so disappointing of course talking about ksi and tommy fury and how that all went down we talked about it last week on the show go back and watch that uh josh comment it's hard to say i mean that's why i hate this is the reason why you don't go to the judges because mm -hmm. it's at that point an opinion where a knockout is an objective truth, where you leave it in the uh, judge's hands, it becomes subjective. It's how they feel. We should, and that's kind of killing the sport. But when it goes that long, how can you determine a winner? So I can understand the why that is happening. But it sucks. It sucks. And, yeah, it could be biased. It could be like these people don't like the way KSI does things or they in their in their brain rot brain believe that they saw tommy fury one I, I don't see it <laughs> yeah you know and and that's something i think i meant to touch on but i never did in the episode last week when we were talking about it too you know again any any sort of bias uh you know talk if it's at your your nine to five job or something like that uh you know there's unconscious bias and that's a possibility as well as just the fact that there can just be, you know, you can just flat out disagree with the judges. I mean, you know, so that's something that is, it's not that big of a deal. It's came, it's went, it's happened. KSI, uh, in a Reese in the, uh, Sidemen 10 anniversary mukbang that released on Sunday, uh, basically said he's taken a little bit of a break, which I mean, makes sense. He fought three times this year. You know, he's got stuff other than boxing. He does. So, uh, you know, makes sense. Hopefully it's not too long though. Hopefully it's not. <laughs> I want that Jake fight. I, I mean, everybody wants that Jake fight. But, you know, it just, you know, Jake could fight, <laughs> could fight in, in what, what it's December you said, and yeah. loses that or you know, who, depending on his opponent, it could be that Jake train will die. Where the by the time he's ready to fight, it's just like who gives a fuck. Yeah, that's the thing I worry about. But I digress. So. This is going to be a two-parter, both comments coming from YouTube, and I think this is going to be a fun one to, to discuss because I I think I, you know, I wrecked both of them in the in responding to it. There is at Braden Mitchell 4693. Who cares? Real fighting is this weekend. Let's talk about that, not these bums that only care about money. And that's oh, followed up. Okay. That's followed up by at Stanton David four four three five. You're watching fake fighting and analyzing it like it's pros. Now that's funny. What fucking? What, what, what's the term that you always say? Go touch some grass, or in my case, touch some ass. Cause goddamn, what what two? Oh, I shouldn't listen. They all care about money. That's why they're doing it. Literally, if they're not doing it for money, that is ridiculous. Oh, they're like the real fighting UFC is just as much as fighting as boxing. It's the same shit, different style, and they all do it for money. But in case of boxing, they make way more because Dana in the UFC just keeps fucking everybody over. So, hmm. And comment to real fighters, brother. Have you gotten the ring? Have you put those? Have you wasted those gloves up and done it yourself? That's I mean, that's a favorite for people to comment against us. That's yeah, awesome. I know. I was like, well, analyzing like it's real. I was like, we're just discussing how we feel. 
we do the same thing for wrestling, and that's what you call fake. But once again, you never washed out the boots, brother. You never been on about the business. None of this shit's fake. It is real, real life stuff. And to to discredit all the hard work that these you know misfits guys done is ridiculous. Because like as in Salt Poppy, we saw the tremendous weight loss. Holly Ham surviving cancer and and like and making the most of his life. I mean, some of these guys are making bigger stars. Look at Anthony Taylor. The dude is amazing. He was border borderline homeless, and then now he's a world champion. He's got all these sponsors. He's got all this team behind him. I mean, and the official boxer of the lockup. I'm gonna say yeah. that. Right so, the thing I look at these comments for, and you know. The thing I like to to make abundantly clear if, again, look, this influencer boxing thing, again, if you're not just commenting from a, a, a 10 to 12 second short, which most of these people are, and you actually watch the show, there's been multiple times, Josh, on this show where we've talked about how influencer boxing, and especially this version with Misfits, they take the pro wrestling side of the entertainment and then they pair that with the in-ring boxing style. Yes, not every beef is real. Not every every promo and every press conference and every moment like that is, is real. I mean, all this stuff between B-Dave and Nick LMAO on Twitter is f- fake as shit. But it's funny. You know, uh, the thing people i think get lost in the sauce with that fact of oh well if they're doing that then then everything else is manufactured there has been nothing we have seen (laughs) that misfits in particular i will say has had any issues of like rigging fights or anything like that again it's just it's the same thing we've talked about with jake it's being as the matchmaker you're being smart about pairing certain people against each other and you can hope that it goes the one way but again bell to bell in the ring that is not fake that is a real legitimate boxing fight you can't deny that i'd love to see your proof otherwise the beef sure i i don't really care because again we come from the world of pro wrestling where we understand it's entertainment. And if you think even UFC and p- professional boxing doesn't have some manufactured aspects of the beef in the lead up to the fight, you're just kidding yourself. You're 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 a bigger mark than we are. So <laughs> at least we know how the game is work. We understand that they do this stuff to I don't know, sell pay-per-views. Get, oh, oh, to make more money money i'm sorry is the whole fucking point of this whole damn thing if you're not out there making money like you're doing something you love if you're doing something you love and you're not making money off it then that's a mistake and you should get yourself checked yeah so that takes us to you know that goes perfectly perfect into what is going on uh you know what this episode is about this is going to be in some ways, a, a prelude to kind of how the show is kind of going to be going forward as far as especially in the the new season, in the new year. Um, but this is kind of going to be a discussion where we kind of talk about something. And as you can see by the title, you know, we are talking about the shutdown of Showtime Boxing. Again, one of the giants uh, of professional boxing been around for well over 37 years, had some of the biggest fights in history on Showtime Boxing. And, you know, look, they're getting out of it at the end of this year, so they have a couple more fights. And you have to think, too, going all the way back to uh, 2018, the other major giant, HBO Boxing, also called it quits and said, hey, it's just not it's just not working for us. It's just not profitable anymore. And that's the thing where this influencer thing comes in. Because again, the reported numbers, although I did see Mel, uh, Dave Meltzer uh, said that he refutes the 1.3 million, you know, pay-per-view buys that the prime car did, which again, getting a promoter to tell you the actual numbers that their pay-per-view did is like pulling teeth. They're gonna go 
all the way around to try and say, oh, well, it's the greatest show and we put, we're on our greatest run so far, you know, all this stuff. When you can just say, okay, just tell me the number. That's all I want to know. Um, but regardless, still, you know, there was that opportunity and that chance of the, the initial number that was reported, that 1.3 million, that would make the prime card the biggest pay-per-view card of the year, even beating Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis at the start of this year, which was the the big pro boxing mega fight of the year. You know, this uh, upcoming in a couple weeks, you have the the Tyson Fury and Francis Naganu. You know, little fight that it's a pro fight, kind of, sort of, whatever. Um, yeah, look. We've said it over and over and over again on this show. And we, both of us, we would not be here talking about boxing if it was not for this influencer thing. And I think people need to also understand that is there's a lot of people, I am one of them, who never once thought about going to a boxing class or a boxing gym or doing any of that, even just uh, just cardio boxing, like stuff like that. And they saw what these influencers were doing, and we're like, oh, well, let's try it. Let's see what it's like. And that's happening all over the world with all kinds of kids because, again, the influencers, you get the young kids who are watching these guys, and they're like, oh, boxing's cool. When I'm going to be honest, the last 12 years, boxing ain't been cool. Boxing has been pretty fucking lame. Like, this is only going to grow the sport. And I think it is a wake-up call that not only back in 2018 did one giant in HBO boxing shut down, but now, Josh, at the end of this year, Showtime boxing is also shutting down. Well, to watch a, a pro boxing fight, it's like they're asking you to pay so much to watch a sh- like 12 rounds of boxing. They're just like, I, and that's like lasts hours upon hours. Like, you're now you're asking a lot of people to dedicate a lot of time at that price and get a lame fight. Um, at least with Misfits, they, they, they shorten it down a little bit. And the key thing about what you said, anyway, before I go on that rant. Mm-hmm. The key word to all this is infant, the Misfits boxing is attracting young audience. And that is what's going to allow a business to grow because you're, you're going to need that youth because boxing has been the same forever. There has nothing been no spice. In the, there hasn't really been a big star since Mayweather. Um, and I think May, the only reason why Mayweather was a star is because of that undefeated streak. But if you watched his fight, most people don't, don't call it a classic like no. George Foreman and Muhammad Ali, they don't call it that. They don't, do we still talk about Mayweather fights? Ugh. The gravitas and the importance of the sport has gone, has has moved past the sport itself, and but we're still trying to live those glory days, and it's not there anymore. And it, I think it's time for a rebrand, a relook, because boxing should took more of the UFC style and have more characters, more like it just feels like everybody's the same, and no one can relate to them. Where Misfits is it's, it's, it's capturing a smaller audience, kids can look up like, oh, I love B-Day. And they see themselves in it. Like, I don't know, baby faces in pro wrestling. That's the whole point. You're trying to attract an audience with a good guy. And, and, you know, and Misfits has tons of characters and tons of different style that allows multiple viewing where, first of all, pro, pro boxing itself is messy. Trying to figure out which is real, which promotions to watch, who, who should you look forward to. There's no streamline um stuff where people can actually get into the sport with misfits it's so streamlined there's only one of it uh easy to follow the zone there's youtube youtube channels so it's so accessible it's accessible where pro boxing itself did you know who's who's the best boxer i know anthony jo- joshua just because i watched the zone like the zone is like the only thing that keeps boxing around and keep you like hey this fight this fight's coming but when i watch espn they're not talking about boxing they're talking about UFC. They're not talking about boxing. And that's just, that's hard for a new audience to bring in. And I think, and with the streaming service anyways, like who's watching Showtime? <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, you know, that's something too you have to think. I mean, DAZN has been around for, for a little while now. I, I think I remember 
them first really coming out into the like mainstream, probably around 2010, 2011, I want to say. Um, and, you know, like they have Matchroom, they have uh, Golden Gloves, they have like a couple of different promotions that are under them. But again, the big issue is like you, you just said, Josh, there needs to be a streamlining of boxing as a whole. Because otherwise, it will die. I mean, look, you know, this whole influencer thing can be going on and you can learn some stuff. But if it still stays where there's 50 different governing bodies with their own championships and their own divisions and, and this guy fights this guy and this guy has 20 belts and you're like, what is what is happening right now? You know, and look, you know, some of the I just named him a little bit ago, Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia is one of those young stars in boxing who was smart because not only did he grow up with social media, but he realizes that that is what sells. That is what gets people in the door because fundamentally at the end, end of the day, you have to be able to get people to want to watch your fight. And that's the issue is no one is wanting to watch just standard normal pro boxing, amateur boxing. No one wants to sit there and spend their hard-earned money or their time. And again, we talk about that all the time with the pro wrestling stuff on the show. AW is not competing with WWE alone. AW is competing with UFC, with soccer, with football, with basketball, with hockey, with YouTube, with Twitch, with kick, with all these other things, because now we are in such a world with the internet and streaming services and all this stuff where there's so much coming at you all at the same time. You go on your Instagram feed and you're, oh, there's my friend. And then there's, oh, there's this celebrity. There's this athlete. There's this show going on. Oh my gosh. How can you, how can you keep up with it? And if you make it so that boxing in it of itself, you need to have 50 tabs open to be able to keep track of it. How do you expect to keep people's attention? Because they all, even the most hardcore boxing fans, I know I'll say this for me as a hardcore pro wrestling fan, I don't only want to watch pro wrestling all the time. And I assume it's the same with the pro boxing fans is I have other th interests i have you know i there's some games i want to play there's some some movies i want to watch there's some uh, i want to go on hikes i want to go on a walk i want to go do other things and if all if boxing just overwhelms you with this guy's important this belt's important this promotion's important this pro it's just too much it's just too much and fundamentally not only is your the old promoters that are still in from the olden days that are unwilling to change you know one of these people in particular um you have frank warren who is a, a legendary boxing manager and promoter you know refuses to call misfits boxing uh and i don't look this has been something i've been thinking about since misfits said they wanted to do the pro tournament that is being pushed back to next year misfits to the pro boxing community to the fans to the fighters to the promoters everyone in between misfits is not coming in to take your piece of the pie what misfits is doing is coming in and making its own little corner in the greater boxing ecosystem where it can exist and you can exist now as i was just saying this pro tournament has me a little a little nervous and as we just talked about before we started filming the show, <laughs> supposedly they're going to start doing MMA fights on some Misfits cards. I think that's a bad idea. I think it should be separate. You you get into that. Uh, I think I don't know if you remember uh, last year I sent you that card for that fight circus event where like it has yeah. like the Siamese twin kickboxing and like all and. It's it's hard too because uh, one championship, even though it is a MMA promotion, I mean, MMA is not very focused on because they have kickboxing and they have all the other disciplines too. 
and may maybe that's what misfits wants to try to do in this space but i think misfits is just as much boxing as uh as a uh tyson fury and anthony joshua even like the big difference to me and this is the thing that shows is there's a younger crowd there's an appetite for it that gets people excited and the thing i've always hated about boxing events that you know i see pro wrestling i see mma no one cares and this even i this was always the big thing i remember growing up hearing about the tyson days no one cares about anything other than the main event no people are not getting to the arena until 45 minutes before the ring walks for the main event because that's the only fight boxing promotion tells you is important. It doesn't matter who's on the undercard. We're, you're not looking for new people. You're here for this guy, this guy only. And that's just wrong. That's just stupid. That's like watching WCW back in the day, just for the old heads, the Hogan's, the like, well, you missed all the cruiserweight stuff. You missed all the future stars that will go over to the next company and be way yeah. more appreciated. Um, that is, you know, you just can't do that. And I feel like, okay, this, as you were talking, I kept thinking about this. It's like <laughs> the pro boxing era kind of reminds me of almost like the territories a little bit. And no one able, no one able to was able to unionize like Mitch McMahon did and made it a national thing where everybody like, well, this is super mega important mm -hmm. because it feels like, oh, I have the NWA belt, oh, I have this belt, I have this belt. Like it when once WWE and we hate the fact that they became one entity, but that I mean, once they did that, I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, this pro wrestling thing is pretty cool, you yeah. know. And I'm not saying that's what boxing should do. I mean, there should be if, okay, there's one in a national football league that we like, that's important. One NBA, but what, what, what we're seeing now is like other leagues are popping up too. Maybe not as important, but I feel like we just need one big brand. They're like, these are the pros of the pros. Like, anybody who fights here are pros of pros. I don't know. I just feel like it, because it's so like, it's so scattered where you can't watch it. And you're paying a hundred dollars. You don't. People don't care about the. Like I said, the promotion. It's all about the main event and never about the undercard. Where Misfits, they put the whole entire card to promote it, and then they do it individually. And um, people show up from the from the prelims all the way up to the main event. Well, what I mean, sucks is like we're saying all this, but we feel like the prime card was so focused on those last two fights. Sure. We see, we see what happens when you do that, though. <laughs> when you focus not on the whole card, but on, on two fights, things can go to shit pretty quickly, and that ruins the whole product. I mean, just just go back to, to the examples I, I was slightly talking about a minute ago. Back in the day, I remember when I was growing up and I was first learning about boxing and combat sports and all this stuff. When I would talk to my grandpa because he was a big Tyson fan. They would spend all that time building up. It's Tyson. It's Tyson. It's Tyson fighting so-and-so. It's Tyson, Tyson, Tyson. And when that main event would go one round because he knocked people, he knocked people the fuck out. You had people calling the pay-per-view provider. I want a refund because I did not get what my 50 60 dollars told me i was going to get and again that's that's the hard part about legitimate physical combat sports versus something like pro wrestling where mistakes happen and issues arise but for the most part it's time to where oh you know back in the day you know before the network 60 dollars for a pay-per-view yeah you might have to choose which one you're going to get throughout the year but you know you got whole car worth of stuff and it's going to go for at least two to three hours and you're happy with it versus boxing you know uh, well there was a card not too long ago where almost every single fight ended in a tko in like the first round and we're like this was not a long like this was not a long card at all i think it was the new ones the, the one i think i want to say so yeah the yeah where we're just like wow this is a 
they move pretty fast. Yeah. And on one hand, you know, that's cool because obviously, again, tension. You don't want to spend all day having to sit there. But when it's a big card full of a lot of fights that you're excited on, I can test to this with the Prime card. You sit in, you order pizza, you get some, like we did for All In, you get some friends to come over, you chip chip in, we're excited, we're talking about, oh, did you see how that went? That's the thing that boxing is missing, and it it just doesn't make sense to me. In, in, In some ways, you know, again, Misfits has almost found this perfect, or near perfect, I should say, sort of way of bringing in the pro wrestling side while having to juggle with this is a legitimate combat sport at the end of the day like and i think the prime card up until the main event was a proof of that because just like an aew show where they usually start off dynamite hot every single week a big match usually 10 15 minutes that was the tag match for the prime card oh my God, it was just back and forth and exciting. Everyone, the crowd was loud and excited and happy about it. And it builds, it builds, it builds. Oh, come down a little bit. Build, build, builds, builds, builds. Oh, comes down. And then you peak with your main events. Obviously, that didn't happen with Prime Card. But, oh, but yeah, because it was. Because it, it was. It, I, I don't know. It started that way. It was. Like, it was. Do, absolutely. Yeah. Do, do, do. And then, and then, then it went like, down. Bleh. Yeah, then it then, <laughs> then it did it nose a little bit, but then it, it crashed down. Yeah, but you know, but or WrestleMania 17, and it's like that. That's they say that that is the most perfect uh, wrestling card in history because of the how people were so hot for every match, and that which when we think about WrestleMania 17, we all think about the Austin turn, which actually, in hindsight, that I think that day puts a pay per view a little bit when like the ending that's surprising doesn't like or wrestlemania 30 i thought was really good and that ultimate win of daniel bryan that that whole story looking back we're like that didn't go anywhere but um it's still a moment still a moment and i feel like boxing don't doesn't like when can you think of a last boxing moment that wasn't mayweather or fury i mean it it's hard and you know again that that's the one thing too with boxing that I think is very frustrating and it's long been, again, that's something we've talked about with this and even Dana White and the UFC has talked about in the past, although they're very much slowly following in the same footsteps is you have someone like Tyson Fury, who again is the heavyweight champion of the world. And he is not fighting top contenders right now. He is refusing to fight Usyk. He is refusing to fight people that are legitimately top talent. Not anything against Francis Naganu, but this is his first boxing fight. He's a mixed martial artist. Yes, he's a damn fine, good mixed martial artist and went out on top as the champ and got really got out of his contract. But that doesn't change the fact that he's not a boxer. It's the same thing we talk about every week on this show, Josh. He's not a boxer, and I think it's different when, okay, you you have the promotion and the the heelness of Jake Paul who's like, oh, I'm the best, but he keeps fighting these MMA fighters. There's a difference between that and the heavyweight champion in the world refusing to fight actual top contenders. He's a fucking champion. Champions are supposed to fight the best to prove that they're the best, but when you're fighting who? Who I mean, like, who are you in boxing? Yeah. Like, that's you're not like this is like almost like a Rocky situation. But Apollo Creed was smart enough to go. Well, I know this is a movie, but just just mm-hmm. hold on. Yeah, in the movie, hey, Apollo Creed brother. was like exhibition. Like, this ain't for real. Like, this should be an exposition, not a full fucking fight. The Floyd Mayweather. Nobody. Like, you're not, like you're putting yourself in because what if Fury loses to this guy? That's how he Fury is a fucking joke. <laughs> Where yeah. if you fight like. Uh, you know the the guy that you were talking about, Usyk, <laughs> Usyk, and they had a fucking classic fight, and they went the round, and the judges ch- chose the other one. Now he looks pretty good. Now he's like he doesn't look okay. We're we like talking about wrestling terms, but this is how we under can understand it. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's like if Bre- if Bret Hart, one of the best champions in the world, he refused to fight Shawn Michaels. I'm not going that way. It's hmm. like if <laughs> Bret Hart becomes a champion, and goes, I'm the best. You know, I'm the best that is, best there was, the best there ever be. 
and all he does is fight jobbers as uh, in his title run. I'm like, yeah. what kind of champion are you, dude? Like, you're not proving yourself. You're holding the belt hostage. Yes. You're not allowing anybody to get an opportunity, which is boxing's problem. They won't make new stars because their champions won't fight them. Or won't fight the up-and-comers or the ones that hot because they don't want to damage themselves. They don't want to, like, oh, I have a brand here. I don't want to be risking losing. How can you be a, a boxer and a fighter and not try to test your limits? Where's the cockiness that you're the bad motherfucker and you can beat anybody? But when you're running scared, it's hard to tell if you a bad motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that goes back. I mentioned uh, Garcia before, you know, as he, uh, as this news was breaking back on the 17th, he sent out a tweet saying, "Today is a really important day for boxing. HBO and Showtime defined our sport for a generation, and now they are both out. All us boxers need to make this our collective fight. We got to be thinking about marketing, new audiences, investors, global, all of it. Boxing is still the greatest sport in the world. We just got to reimagine it." And <laughs> Duh. Look, oh my God. At, 30 years ago. I mean, like you should have had this conversation when the internet came about, like the fact that you're having this conversation now tells me how far up your ass that you guys were, because you're now at definitely at risk. You're in like an endangered animal where like the, you know, a few low numbers and you're gone to, and then let misfits be called real boxing. Like now you have yeah. to show respect to something that's making money you can't like what they're doing clearly they're doing something better than you because they have a fucking deal for five fucking years and where are you going to be playing at (laughs) yeah you know with with this you know that's actually a great point because ben the bane davis who we saw fight on misfits not too long ago actually you know did a, a response saying I better not see all shit on influencer boxing one day and then talking about reimagining the sport <laughs> the next. Embrace change or be left behind. Right now, traditional boxing is being left behind, and I don't disagree with it. I mean, look, a response to that again. Jake Paul, I'm all the way in agreeing with with uh, Garcia. And out of those three, the one that I believe the most is Jake because despite – Again, we talked numerous times about you know the way Jake very uh, wisely in his, I guess in some ways picks and chooses who he fights and you know the whole promotion aspect, all that stuff. Again, smart kid. But what he's doing with MVP, what he's doing with signing Amanda Serrano, what he's doing signing H two O, he is building something for you know. I think a little earlier this year, I was kind of looking and talking about Misfits was your sports entertainment, WWE style buffet. And then Kingpin at the time was appearing to be more of that influencer led, but traditional serious boxing sort of alternative. Now I think that's what, you know, now that Kingpin is fully gone, I think that is what, most valuable prospects, which that's another thing, you know, MVP and Jake Paul goes and tweets boxing is going through a transformational period. And we want to spearhead the change that drives to value fighters first, because most valuable prospects got renewed with the zone for six events in 2024. Mm. Again, like you said, somebody's doing it right. (laughs) That these influencer guys. And I, obviously I know Jake has a lot more, amateur fighters and people getting that pro opportunity for the first time. But what they're doing through most valuable promotions is teaching them, Hey, promote yourself, learn how to do this stuff, do what us influencers do and then back it up with the boxing. And yeah, you're probably going to be pound for pound. Number one, top box office draw. But if you only do one or the other, that's where the issue comes. And it's uh, an old adage in pro wrestling. You can be shit in the ring, but if you're a character and you're entertaining, you can be the most over guy in the building. And that's the truth. That's the uh, WWE is the the blueprint of of that so badly, you know, and, but those guys, 
like your Brian Danielsons, like your AJ Styles, like your Bret Hart's, like your Shawn Michaels. They're the ones that not only have the character, have the promo, have the charisma, but they can back it up in the ring. And those are the people that truly, truly in that sport make you suspend your disbelief and just enjoy it and believe in it. And that's what a lot of these guys in the influencer boxing scene are seeing because, again, they grew up watching wrestling. Oh, we need to do that same thing. We need to make these big moments. We need to go outlandish because if we just try to be influencers boxing, we talked about that at the start of the year. That was something we were very don't. Where's the promotion? Where are people being characters? Why are people not promoting their fights? If they if they were just boxing but influencers, that would suck. That would suck ass. <laughs> because again, as we've talked about on the show, they're not good boxers. I mean, there's there's uh, some needles, and uh, some diamonds in the rough, but, but, you know, the the only big difference is since they're all new to the sport, you see the improvements much more easily and drastically from event and fight to fight because they're newer when you've been doing this a long time and it's been your life and you've been training since you were six years old, you're not going to see that improvement from fight to fight as easily because you're not able to adapt and change. You're not picking up new techniques like, Oh my God, if I knew how, if I knew how to do this in my first fight, it would have been a game changer, but you didn't because you're new. You don't know shit about boxing. Yeah, it's just since the Misfits has this deal, I mean, we're going to be able to see how, where that growth, we're see, we're going to see the growth and see how much they prove. I mean, even on the prime bottle and the prime bottle, even the prime uh, car, we saw a lot of improvements of all the boxes that we've seen. I mean, Pineda looked awful in that first one, and then like, oh my god, B. Dave as well looked impressive. Uh, you know, Anthony Taylor always looks good. Uh, just Kenny, regressed. Hmm. Yeah. So as we wrap up, you know, getting into some other stuff, some other exciting things, you know, obviously we talked about, you know, last week, Jake Paul has a fight coming up with opponent to be announced on December 15th. Um, you know, have the Amanda Serrano, uh, 12 round through 12 round fight that's coming up. You know, uh, you got Bellator MMA being purchased and shut down. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, but thing to me, to me that popped me the hardest, of course, impact wrestling had their bound for glory pay-per-view this weekend. And they announced they are returning to being known as TNA wrestling, starting with hard to kill in January around the time of the season premiere of the show next year. Wow. And as a as a hardcore TNA mark in the good and the bad, nothing makes me happier because I've talked about it a little bit on the show. What they have been doing since about 2018, 2019, I want to say, they have been ar- arguably, in my opinion, one of the best sh- pro wrestling shows week to week, period. You know, in ring with the entertainment, with the storylines, there were obviously, especially through the the pandemic, there were some you know lapses as all the promotions did. But this is something to me, the the stuff that Scott Demore and at the time initially uh, Don Callis, whenever they took over um, because of Anthem giving them the reins on it, they have built up all this goodwill and all these stars and all these things to where TNA. Obviously, we've. If you know anything about wrestling, you kind of know the whole tits and ass. T, you know that was a whole yeah. slang back in the early two thousands too. That's not them going back to TNA is not a negative. It like it is something that is celebrated, and they can celebrate their hair the the history of the company. And that kind of started. I know they were going to do a TNA pay-per-view right before the pandemic happened as kind of like oh a celebration and obviously pandemic canceled that 
but they've been over time just kind of, you know, like Moose had that storyline where he brought back the TNA world champion. Oh, I'm the real world champion, blah, blah, you know, all this stuff. And which culminated with, you know, the Kenny, Kenny having it. And then Kenny Christian defeating Kenny for the TNA championship, retiring, you know, putting back the, the old TNA title and then just having the impact championship, you <laughs> to know, bring it back from the dead to, to you know, uh, this is something again, I, I can't remember. I don't think we touched on it last week. NWA, they're yeah. It's not officially announced technically, but it was a leak that they're getting a TV deal uh, with the CW, which is huge because believe it or not, because people will think it's still TNA that is technically right now the third biggest promotion, but actually right now it is women's uh, Wow Women's Wrestling on the CW currently. That is, I know, as far as ratings go, the third biggest company in North America. Well, we got to think about it. It's the CW is still being picked up on digital satellites. So it's like everybody has the CW. Yeah. Um, and somebody's, you know, somebody's probably like, oh, I want to watch wrestling, but I can't, I can't watch the WWEs and stuff like that. They like, oh, wow, cool. And with NW, with NWA, now they're getting like, they have, there's some stars in, in, in there. And, you know, they, they, they have a big pay-per-view coming up all this weekend coming up, uh, Sam mm-hmm. Ham uh, and Cleveland. So, um, yeah, it's it's good for the NWA. Yeah, and in turn, this is, again, I think I've said it a couple times in the last couple weeks. Pro wrestling is healthy. Pro oh. wrestling is in a healthy place probably for the first time in a very, very long time. And that, if if you are a pro wrestling fan, you should be excited about that. You should, whether you're going to watch it or not, you should be excited about TNA. You should be excited about the NWA. You should be excited about Wow. You should be excited about New Japan. You should be, because without that, your favorites before they're your favorites aren't going to be able to get those reps in. Not only in the ring, but more importantly on a television show. That is super important for the transition to a bigger WWE or AEW. You know, look, I've been a big fan of TNA for a very long time. There was very, very dark, dark times during the Hogan and Eric Bischoff era, so much so that it almost single-handedly killed the entire company. (laughs) You know, I am happy to see it because, again, this is not a... A, oh, we're retreating. Oh, the, the TNA chants are too much. Scott Demore said in, in a promo that they finally uploaded, but I had watched the after the show ended the the thing where they showed it, you know, like he said, those chants will ring in arenas for decades to come. Because TNA will never die, first off. The world could end and TNA will never die. When 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 TNA before when Billy Corgan was trying to buy it and before it got bought out by Anthem in the eleventh hour, TNA was literally dead by all tents and purposes. And they still made it to the next week somehow. And here we are now. It is crazy. Now they're healthy, they're good, they have a good roster, they have good relationships with other companies where it's like you know, I want more companies to cross over a little bit and have like dream matches and don't deprive people. WWE is always going to be the WWE thing, but having these other companies like work together, almost like giving us our own little, own t- little territories mm-hmm. in a fun way. In yeah. a fun way that isn't controlled by WWE because that's the whole thing because people people will go well why is this any different than what WWE wants to with NXT well it's because WWE would control that (laughs) that's that's the issue you know and I'll even give WWE props because they even did the whole whole gimmick with uh with Mickey James when she was knockouts champion in the Royal Rumble and you know even though it's a completely different company that was some TNA and WWE working together was something that I never thought would ever happen or even mention other, other companies. Yeah. Commentary, you know, it, and it's something where we're in a healthy space. There's places for people to work. There's places for people to get their reps. There's places for people to go. And that includes possibly because he was apparently backstage, uh, backstage was a Mr. Phil Brooks. And well, a, a, a steel works there now. A, so a steel works there, and then also, you know, Will Osprey 
is uh went pretty heavy as far as saying i'm impact might be my future home like it and oh dude if if will osprey goes to tna my ass is watching tna i mean look i want you to think come january come january you know if you think if you think if they relaunch this whole tna you know being back to tna and tna impact thing with the signing of cm punk and will osprey my god the wrestling business would be on fucking fire brother i would be so excited i would be watching every fucking week Here's and the thing, the thing we, we too already, we already covered so much we'll be like well are we gonna cover this tna pay-per-view yeah. and and again the nice thing about pro wrestling today and that we've seen from these companies is they're willing to work together so oh yes will osprey's home is impact wrestling but that doesn't mean we're not going to see him in aw that doesn't mean we're not going to see him in new japan that's not a thing anymore or very rare and most of the time it's wwe that won't play play ball but it is what it is universe and galaxy and stuff all this stuff you know, and that's something I'm excited for because that would be something I would love to see. I would love to see. I think that would be a huge boost. Not, you know, not only either a CM Punk or a Will Ospreay, but if they manage to get both, that would be incredible for that company. And honestly, honestly, I think TNA would would be a bigger fit for CM Punk. Yeah. Because they can almost run it like an, almost an ROH or something like that where he's not dealing with you know the the elite and other people that cause them issues and when and i don't know cm punk is just exhausting to talk about because it's like what can you say about that situation anymore but yeah. i think i think tna would be a perfect real <laughs> a third try back at wrestling or even if he's helping with creative i think that will be nice if he's not even an on-screen character but kind of helping with you know move on like help younger wrestlers become better that you know, I think CM Punk has great knowledge and has great ideas and creative that I think he could be a good backstage guy. Look, you know, the big difference to me between why I think it would be worth it for TNA to, to get Punk, especially because of how much money it would take, is this is a big difference maker. And some people, I know, they're probably not going to like me saying this, but it's the truth. Again, I'm an AEW mark, but I'm I'm just honest. There is a lot more structure and impact in TNA than there is in AEW. That is something over the last three years has constantly been criticized is the fact there is no internal business structure to AEW. That is just the truth. They've done some things. They got some more people to to help in some more positions like Tony Schiavone got bumped up to that one position and, you know, all this stuff. But AW is a lot more laid back and relaxed. And maybe that was the issue with Punk there is just look, that was something I've thought about for myself. I'm a very creative person, but sometimes, not only because of all the, you know, ADHD and all that stuff, sometimes I need barriers put up. Sometimes. And maybe that's the thing with Punk is there was just too much like freeness. And it's like, all right. We're going to put the bumpers on you. We trust you, but we got the bumpers here just to keep where we want things to go. We want to keep things positive, all this stuff. And I, that's why I think TNA, especially now with this, they're going to be starting to do bigger venues. They're all new production, all new titles, all this stuff come January. I mean, it's it's great. Sounds interesting. Maybe it's something I will check out because it's a, it's a brand new thing. So like their whole point is to bring a new audience in and, and like start over. That'd be great for some people to check out, especially in January. Hey, nothing going on in January. Yeah. No commitment. I mean, for fuck's sake, they have a, you can watch the weekly shows on YouTube for a dollar. Uh, that in, I think the $5 tier on their YouTube uh, includes their, their four main pay-per-views. I mean, like and plus impact plus i mean jesus fucking christ all the shit they have on impact plus i mean it's it's worth it guys i mean it's not like they're having the game because like they have a place where you can repeat watch you know pay-per-views and shows something uh, aw doesn't have done yet <laughs> well when's that max deal happening because woo, it needs to happen yeah so regardless josh 
any final thoughts? Um, well, I think the next wrestling promoter, the promotion that's going to get a big pop, GCW. I know it's 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 underground and it wants to stay underground, but if there's a way to elevate that as well, because um, like Matt Cardona is doing some really good shit in the Indian scenes, and like he deserved that. And, you know, you have Nick fucking Cage in there, like, death matches. I think you can raise that up a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hell, if NWA is a, is a YouTube show only and they're getting a CW show, where's GCW? It'd be good for, oh, what? I, I'm trying to think who would, who would want GCW. I mean, I, I mean to, they have a good relationship with Fight TV right now. Yeah. No, I mean, look, you know, maybe uh, if... It's hard. It's hard to think about different channels since I'm so detached from traditional TV yes. now. Because in instinctively, you know, obviously, because uh, of Wrestling Spike Society TV X, it's like, yeah, it would be it'd be great for a, a Spike TV, something like that. FX, like an F- FX, FX, uh, FX, XX, like something just like that will allow that brutality to be its thing and and allow people to watch it. Um, I mean, especially like get out during a Halloween thing, like oh, it's a Halloween death match. Yeah, I mean, it itself. It, again, there's enough room not only in pro wrestling as we've been talking about, but going back to the yeah. whole discussion of this episode in boxing, there's room for influencer boxing to exist and pro boxing to exist, and there's yeah. things from each of those. There's things pro boxing can learn from influencer boxing, and there's plenty for influencer boxing to learn from professional boxing. There's billions it's, upon billions of people. You, you can get you can get some eyeballs on it. I mean, heck, we get some eyeballs on our show. Yeah. And you know, I mean, and we, like and there's still plenty of space for shows just like ours to exist. You know, it's a, you know, that's the beauty thing about living in a a place that allows free think and free thoughts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely. So, with that said, we wrap up this episode. Let us know your guys' thoughts. You know, what do you guys think about Showtime Boxing shutting yeah. down at the end of the year? You know, do you see someone like DAZN kind of stepping up more and kind of, you know, absorbing some of the promotions as far as what was under Showtime? You know, what do you see kind of going on there? And is that, you know, as we kind of talked about uh, earlier in the year, you know, is that, is DAZN kind of being the one place though it's convenient for us is that the best thing for the sport of boxing let us know your comments down below josh let them know what else is going on later this week Mm, let me think i think it's you know hmm well i think you should better sit your five dollar ass down and make some change because this saturday people me and frankie are going to go over the cult classic new jack city so come by on Saturday at 6 p.m. and check that out. And the only way you could do that, you know, you subscribe right now. Uh, you hit that notification button because when that episode pops, it will pop on your phone. And be like, hey, motherfucker, what's up? Um, and, you know, leave a comment because that helps the show grow as well. There's so much you can do. Thanks for the support right now. I love the fact that the support I've been getting on the Shaft episode. Keep it up. Let's 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 get a let's get a season two because I have so much more flavor goodness I want to give you guys. Absolutely. So we appreciate you for joining us for a discussion inside the ring of the lockup, and we'll see you next week.